see all your smiling faces out there. Glad to see those of you that ain't smiling too. I thought it was funnier than that. But I am most of all excited to be able to spend a few moments in the presence this morning of Almighty God. We were speaking before service, and Brother Marty and I, you could, you could feel the presence even as we came in and God began to move, and as we just about turned Sunday school into a worship service to start out with, and, and God begins to move mightily and miraculously as Scripture says that He inhabits or that He dwells and He lives among the praises of His people. I am so thankful this morning to be able to spend a few moments inhabiting, co-inhabiting, dwelling with, living among Almighty God as he comes down to spend time with us. What a thing that is. We're going to start out in the book of 2 Kings this morning, the 6th chapter. And we're going to do as we say, slightly more north where it's not quite so flat, we're going to get amongst the word. I don't know if y'all say amongst down here or not. I can like learn new words and get down here and you're all civilized and maybe wear shoes to church this morning and we're going to get there anyway. If you can put up with an old hillbilly for a little while, we'll figure it out. But we're going to start out in 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. Uh, we're going to start with verse 12, and we'll just see where we end up from there. Um, I have some notes, and that won't be where we go. So we'll just we'll start here and see where we end up. 2 Kings, the 6th chapter, with verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel... He telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. He says, this prophet, he, he knows things. And he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and had gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? We'll stop there for a moment and ask that the Lord will touch us this morning. God, we ask that you touch, that you speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, that you anoint lips of clay, that your word may reach into open hearts that we could receive of you this morning, that you could do a miraculous work. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. The, the Syrians, they have decided to war against Israel. I, one thing I like about the Old Testament is people didn't kind of mess around with things. When they decided to go to war, they just went to war. In fact, we find time to time, it, they just went to war just because it was the season of war. They just, they just got after it. But the Syrians, they've decided to, to go to war against Israel, so... They're trying to figure out how to go about this thing. And the king, he's trying to say, well, which way do I need to go? And his servant says, well, wait a minute. You've got to remember they've got that prophet over there. And you say things in the private. You're here in your bedroom, and you're, you're talking amongst your people, and you're saying this is what we're going to do, and this is where we're going to go. And while you're saying it here, that old prophet, he's over there telling the king everything you're saying. So this king, he says, well, I know how we'll take care of that. Instead of heading for the... King of Israel, we're going to head for Elisha the prophet. We'll just go camp about around him. Where is he at? So they figured out where he was at. And he was over in Dothan. I don't know where that's at, but sounds like a place. So they head to Dothan, and in the middle of the night, while wow, the prophet, he's, he's asleep, and 
the servant must have been sleeping pretty good. I, I guess he didn't have no guard servant because nobody knew they showed up. But they wake up in the morning and the servant, he pokes his head out the door and he looks and he says, whoa. He didn't see Brother Marty the sun rising up when he stepped out onto his front porch. But he steps out onto that front porch and what's he see? He says, we're surrounded. He heads to the back porch and, oh, they're back there too. And maybe peeks out the window on either side. Maybe he had a wraparound porch, I don't know. But he says, all the way around the house. They've got us plumps around it. So he goes back in. What are, what are we going to do? Where do we go? Alas, my master, how shall we do? And the prophet answers. Elisha says, fear not. Mind you, we've got the prophet, servant, maybe a couple servants, one house full of people. Uh, history tells us Dothan wasn't all that big of a place. They didn't really have a big military force, so... Not a whole lot there. And Elisha answers, fear not. Don't be worried. It's just an army around us. But those that are with us are more than those that are with them. <laughs> and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. I love these, these Old Testament prayers. We find Elijah, and I'm sidetracking, but we'll rabbit hole for a moment. We find Elijah when he's meeting with the prophets of Baal there, and the prophets of Baal spend all day cutting themselves and building their altar and all this, and they've been at it all day, and the day's about over, and Elijah says, okay, it's my turn. He spends more time dumping water on his altar than he does praying. In fact, last I counted, it was 62 words Elijah prayed. He didn't need some big, long, drawn-out process. He said, my God heard, and he's doing something. Elisha, you see, he learned from Elijah, so Elisha who had followed Elijah, he understood these things. He prays this short prayer, Lord, open his eyes, let him see. So he goes back out. And behold, says the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. They had a circle, but around that circle was chariots of horses made of fire. See, God knew what was coming, and he was able to put in place an angelic force that was far more than the Syrian army could ever be. And then we find that those angelic horses and those angelic chariots, this, this force that's there to fight, they weren't just there to look pretty for one guy. Because it says they came down to him, and as he sees him coming down, Elisha prays another one of those prayers. Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And this whole army, they're coming against Elisha, and they're, they're coming down. They're gonna, they figured out they're going to fix this intelligence leak problem they've had. The prophet's given all their plans away. They'll fix it. So they've come for Elisha, and Elisha says, make them all blind. He gets a hold of them. The Lord touches. And it says they are led to Samaria, and when their eyes are opened again, so between the time the Lord hits them with blindness, they've got nothing. They've got to be led. They've got to be directed. They've got to be touched. Between that point and when their eyes are open again, they go from being the attacking surrounding force to being in the middle of Samaria, in the midst of the Israelite army, surrounded by their enemies. Then it says their eyes are opened again. The king of Israel, he sees them says, what do we do? Do we, do we smite them? Do we kill them? Elijah says, oh, don't smite them, don't kill them. Would you 
Would you kill them if you'd take them captive? No. You don't have to, have to murder these people. You've already got them here. It says they fed them, gave them something to drink, sent them away. It says they came no more to the land of Israel. Sometimes we come across things in, in life and as we go through our day-to-day, and we, we come against something that seems like it's just something so big we can't get through it. Been there. Well, we all end up there. Whatever it is, it's, it's a wall. And maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's financial issues. Maybe it's family problems. But whatever it may be, we get to something and we're standing there. And we're looking back saying, God, here I was. And I was going and I was living for you. And everything was right. And everything was working. And now I've hit this brick wall and I've stopped and I can't take another step. I imagine that how it's how it felt for this servant as he says, I've, I've been serving God, I've been, or, I've been following the prophet, I've been doing everything the prophet asked me to do, and, and here we are, we're going along and doing the work of God, and all of a sudden I look out and we're being attacked. All of a sudden I look out the window and, and Elisha, they're all the way around us, we've hit something. But Elisha simply had a better point of perspective. The servant didn't see an army that appeared between when he walked in and walked back out to look again. He simply found a different place of perspective. The Lord opened a spiritual viewpoint for him that he could see what Elisha had known was there the whole time. I kind of imagine the servant fretting and and worrying and looking around and Elisha's still kind of in bed, kind of wanting to wake up. And This is all me speculating. It's not scripture, but I kind of see him just laying there and he's, what are you bugging me for? I'm trying to relax. How can you relax? There's an army. And Elisha's thinking to himself, there's a bigger one just outside him. Just let me rest for a while. But this spiritual perspective thing is an important thing. Because as we take our steps each day, as we walk through our lives, we run into things every day that I cannot face on my own. I run into things that I, I see it and I know it's there and I get to it and I say, God, I can't do anything about this. And if I'm not careful, my, my thought process turns into, woe is me, what am I going to do about this impossibility that's in my life in my way? When in reality, my thought process ought to be, God, I found another impossibility, so what I've got here is not a, a roadblock, not a wall to stop me. What I have here is simply an opportunity for you one more time to do the miraculous. You see, what God had done for this servant was do the miraculous. He had put into place something that did not exist on this earthly plane. That which was impossible was done. My favorite passage of scriptures in the book of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, says, in the year that King Uzziah died, the first verse, I saw also the Lord. We sing that as a song, or we did a lot of years ago. I saw the Lord. I'm not going to try and sing it. I, you'll shoot me. Uh, he was high and lifted up. And he's, we leave a word out when we make it into a song. It's this word also. Now, I was reading this some years back, uh, and, and I wondered why, what scripturally, what is added by that word also? So I started looking to see what was going on with Isaiah in the time that the prophet was writing the sixth chapter. If you you spend some time studying the book of Isaiah. This is a pivotal point in his ministry. 
His ministry pre-chapter 6 is very different than his ministry post-chapter 6. And as I read this, so what, what happened in this year? That's how he chose to denote when this happened, where it happened. So what happened in the year? Well, Scripture tells us that King Uzziah had been a, a godly king, a good king, a mighty king. But in the year that King Uzziah died, we find that King Uzziah turned his back on God. When King Uzziah turned his back on God, King Uzziah contracted leprosy and passed away. So here, starting out, Isaiah is saying, I, I've got this king that I looked up to that was godly and mighty, and he was the one that, I, that was in charge. And, and this year, he didn't just pass away, but he turned his back on God, and because of it, contracted leprosy, and because of it, died. This happened in this year. I thought, well, that's horrible, but hardly enough to be a pivotal moment. So I kept looking. And history tells us that in the king year that King Uzziah died, any nation that kept history recorded two things. One, earthquakes like they had never recorded before. And two, every nation that kept history in this year was at war. Everyone. So Isaiah, he's looking around, he says, this year the whole world literally fell apart. My king has died, we're at war, I don't know what's going to happen, it's a time of unrest. And besides that, the world is splitting up and swallowing cities into it. Everything is falling apart and everything is going wrong. In the midst of the worst time that I've ever known in my life, I look and he realizes that God was the same place he was every other year of his life. I personally believe that's why the word also is in that passage because also denotes that God had been on the throne the whole time. Simply, he had never looked to see where he was. In that year, Isaiah, he's looking and he sees the walls, he sees the problems, he sees the whatever it may be that if we're using for a metaphor for our life, maybe he sees a health problem, he sees a, a financial problem, he sees issues in our families and he, He's all, we see all these things going wrong and we start looking and I don't know how I can get past all of this because everything is falling apart. And if I can simply look beyond, beyond what's broken, beyond what's hurting, beyond what's not working, and beyond what's falling apart, if I can keep looking, I can realize that the whole time my God is sitting high upon a throne. Pastor Sheeran was taking testimonies Wednesday night, and he made a comment that we have this modifier, but God. And everything before that is a little bit irrelevant. Because we can look, Isaiah can look, and he can say, I had earthquakes and the whole world was falling apart. I had Armies fighting, and it seemed like everyone is dying. I had my, my king, my mentor, the one I looked up to, he's fallen from God. He's contracted this disease, and he's passed away. But God! This servant, he can look and say, I, I looked outside, and I saw these armies, and they surrounded us, and it looked like our death, or at least our capture, was imminent. But God! From the flip side, this Syrian army, they can look and say, here we were. We were on the outside. We had them surrounded. We were going to close in. We were going to take them. We would not have this issue anymore. But the Israelites, God. And scripturally, we can look time.
time and time and time again we find David and he says, Goliath was there and all my brothers and the rest of the army, they're all hiding and they're shaking and they're quaking. But God! It doesn't matter where we go in Scripture, we find over and over and over again. But I, I'm willing to bet that if we go deeper than that, we could go to each of our lives. And I can look at whatever situation it is that I've come through. I can look at whatever situation you've come through. And I can look and say, here I was, and I was fighting this obstacle. I was looking at this problem, and I knew it couldn't be fixed, and I knew it couldn't be helped, and I knew there was no way we'd get into it. I could not come through that, and it would not happen. But God, I was not an intelligent teenager. And I have a whole lot of those but God moments because of it. I was talking to a friend the other day. And hadn't talked to him in a while. We were just chatting. He says, you remember that time? I just let him finish because there were too many times. But I, He was speaking of this time that I was kind of being a little ignorant. And I, I put a motorcycle down and slid down the highway for a while. And I got all skint up and and beat up, and I was thinking about that the next day, and I remember I'm doing, I don't know, somewhere between 70 and 100 mile an hour on my back, um, and the motorcycle flips, and I, I, vividly to this day, I can remember it. I watch it go over me. Somehow it passed me. I'm sliding, and it's sliding, but it was sliding faster, and it passes me and catches and kind of flips up over me in the air and lands on the other side of me. And then, in the midst of that, I decide that I think I'm done moving, you're motorcycle riders, if you think you're done moving, if you hit the ground, count to ten before you stand up. Learn that the hard way. Anyway, I thought I was moving. I wasn't, so I stood up, and then I hit my face at somewhere between 70 and 100 mile an hour. And I'm looking back on this now. At the time, it was just a bad day, and I owed my dad a few thousand dollars because it wasn't my motorcycle, and I wasn't supposed to be riding it that side out of town, but... Now I look back on it and I think, oh my Lord. Here I was just, I try to be less ignorant these days anyway, but here I was just being plumb stupid. And I'm sliding down the highway. There could have been cars coming, motorcycles flipping over me. I, I, I've stood up and smashed down on my face, cracked my helmet. Everything that could have happened, happened, and yet here I am. And I can look at that moment today. And I can say, but God. I can look at each of those moments in my life. I can look when my son was born and the doctors really didn't think my he or my wife were going to make it. They're trying to caution me to the fact that I may lose everything at once. And I can say, but God. I can look at the last year and short period of time, six months to the day, lost both my grandparents and my mentors and the ones that I looked up to all my life. My grandfather was the only pastor I'd ever known. And I, I lost them both in a short period of time, and I can say I made it through that because of that, but God. Telling my stories because I've got the mic. Each of us has a list of things we can look back over old song that said, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can surely say that I've been blessed because I have a testimony. 
This morning, I simply want us to take a few moments and remember the but God moments. And if we're at one of those moments right now, I, I don't know each of your situations. I've, at this point, I'm doing lucky to remember the names of the five I brought with me in the van this morning. I'll try to get each of your names as we're here for a while, but I, uh, I, I don't know each of your names. I don't know your place. I don't know your situation. But I do know that regardless of what that is and regardless of where we sit and what we face, and no matter our moment today, maybe today you're on the mountaintop and you're looking back and you're able to sit here and rejoice and exalt and say, but God, but God, but God, but God, and look at each of those moments. Or maybe this morning you're, you're walking into the wall and you walked into this place saying, Lord, I'm surrounded by the army. Lord, I've, I'm facing the giant. God, I'm looking at something I cannot get through. If that's where you come this morning, then you have come to the same place, the right place this morning, that we can still look back tomorrow at today and say, but God. I don't know your situation and I don't need to to know that my God is able. I don't know what wall you face this morning and I don't have to know to know that my God is bigger. I don't have to know what is out there because I know that no matter what there can be, my God is bigger than anything we can face. And that no matter the battle and no matter the struggle, I can look back after having gone through it and simply say, but God. This morning I'd like us to take a few moments. We can stand when they come to the piano. I want to take a few moments. And if we're at that place that, that we're facing something and we just can't get through it, I have you know there's been a bunch of those in my life that by myself I cannot get through them. But this morning we can find that place and we can bring it to an altar and we can say, but God, here it is. God, here's my problem and here's what's broken and here's what I'm facing and I can't get through this, Lord. So this morning I hand it and I give it to you. And if this morning you don't have a, a but God moment in your life, I want you to take some time. I want to exalt him. I want to thank him and I want to praise him for every one of those moments that has been in the past because it's those moments that give me the strength to face the next one. It's those moments that I can draw upon when I face my next impossibility and realize that an impossibility is simply an opportunity this morning for the miraculous. This morning, if we could spend a few moments, I want to thank him for those things that have come those things that have been that he has gotten us through, the, the things that we look at him and say, that was the worst hell I could ever go through. And now I can say, God, I thank you for being there through that with me. And this morning, if we're facing the next one, and we're staring, I want to bring it to an almighty God. So that tomorrow I can look back and I can say, but God.